All right, let's get started with a high-level overview of several of the kind of major points that we're going to be looking at in the class um, with podcasting. Uh, we're going to be looking today briefly at the history of podcasting, uh, a bit about some genres and some structure of podcasts, uh, some of the business models behind podcasts, and also some copyright and legal issues. All of these, especially the uh, bottom three there, we're going to go into more depth as, as the semester progresses. But again, this lecture is just designed to kind of get us all on the same page. So we're all sort of coming from the same framework as we go more in depth talking about some of these things. Uh, for those of you who aren't really history buffs like myself, um, you can be encouraged. The history of podcasting is only really about 20 years old. A software developer named Dave Weiner developed something called RSS uh, in the late 90s, but he came out with a version in 2000 that kind of you know got it to the point where it was something that you could really subscribe to and where an audio file was you know something that could be uh, subscribed to via the the early internet there rss stands for uh, in developer speak and in its original intention a rich site summary that means like rich in that sense means kind of like everything involved in a website summarizing it uh, but it's it's come to be used um, kind of a, a more colloquial way uh, by the the letters um, rss standing for really simple syndication so what that means is this is just an audio feed that the host can continue to create episodes and post them not all at once but over time and the audience can just subscribe to that show and get a notification every time a new show comes out uh, so uh, dave weiner was working on this at the the bequest of an MTV VJ named Adam Curry. Um, now, I know, uh, you know you, a lot of you may not have necessarily grown up in the MTV generation as I did, uh, but Adam Curry was, you know, pretty big deal. Um, I mean, I was like just graduating high school and just starting college around this time. And uh, so one of the initial ways that Adam Curry was kind of thinking about what we now call podcasting was as an audio blog, right? So we all know what a blog is, um, but you know that term was also fairly new at the time. Um, and so you know Curry was just thinking like, okay, well, what if I could have a blog, but with audio? You know, I talk instead of I write. Um, so then that idea kind of met up with the technology of the first iPod, right? So uh, the first iPod came out in 2001 and you, know, you, you could load music on it, which was completely revolutionary, right? At the time, I mean, uh, maybe some of y'all remember Walkmans, which are like cassette tapes that you could walk around with headphones and listen to, or then there was like portable CD players. Um, but when the first iPod came out, I mean, this was like a game changer, especially for the company of Apple, right? Because this is still um, six years before the iPhone came out and nine years before the iPad came out. So this was really Apple's breakout moment as well. 
so in 2004, um, Adam Curry is still part of this. He releases uh, iPodder, which is a, a way to get an RSS feed onto an iPod, a, like what he called a pod catcher client. And uh, so Curry was hosting one of the early breakout uh, podcasts at that time. Um, but again, still not quite called a podcast yet. Um, and uh, that show was called The Daily Source Code. Uh, but it was, in, it was in the year 2004 that a, a, a journalist from The Guardian newspaper, which is based in London, coined the term podcast, which is combining iPod and broadcast. And that's kind of significant, not just for kind of the cuteness of that's where the name comes from. It's also really representative of like what iPods as a medium, uh, sorry, excuse me, podcasts as a medium represent, right? Because they're this melding of this new digital technology, but still so much of the legacy of broadcast technology that goes back uh, over a century at this point. It's it, podcast is really where those two worlds meet, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in just a sec. Um, so in 2005, the word podcast was named the word of the year by Oxford Dictionary. Uh, from 2005 to 2010, maybe even a few more years, the medium really goes through a lot of growing pains, and that's really common in the history of broadcast media, right? So Radio is typically thought of as the very first mass medium, okay? Um, and then after that, television. And then after that, the internet, right? Um, and so every new medium that comes out always experiences these growing pains as it sort of jockeys with the old media for space in the market, right? So podcasts, you know, kind of bloomed really quickly in 2004, 2005, uh, and everybody expected it to be the next big thing. But it took five years, six years, seven years for it to really become more stable, right? And so that's really common. Now, we're in the time now that uh, they're, they're, you know, podcasts are, are very stable, and we'll talk more about that when we look at business models. But um, this tension between quote-unquote new media and the media that have gone before it is something that you see over and over in the last hundred years or so of media history. Um, in this early era, uh, journalism was a big uh, proponent of pushing podcasting forward, and that makes tons of sense, right? Because a lot of journalism was already audio-based from NPR uh, which is, you know, a, a primarily radio-based journalism, to even, like, you know, major news stations that have audio components, right? Another big driver was the entertainment industry. Uh, many of you may be familiar with a guy named Ricky Gervais, uh, who's probably most famous for developing The Office, uh, first for British television, uh, in which he actually starred. Um, he was the boss, the Michael Scott character, in the British version, but he also helped develop uh, the even more popular American version. Um, and um, so in this time, this 2005 to 2010, 2011, 2012 era, 
Uh, that's where the business models began to emerge in podcasting. Uh, by 2013, in the middle of 2013 in July, Apple hit 1 billion subscriptions. So it doesn't mean 1 billion individuals, right? Like mint, most individuals that listen to podcasts are going to subscribe to multiple podcasts. I mean, I probably currently subscribe to at least 20. Um, and then another really big date in the history of podcasting uh, was October 3rd, 2014, when the show Serial was released, episode one, uh, season one of Serial. And uh, we're going to look more at that uh, in some of the things that I'm asking you to do with the discussion forum this week. Um, but before we go too much further, I do want to just rewind a little bit and help situate the history of podcasting in some things I've kind of alluded to, the, the longer, wider history of broadcast media in general. Um, so the, the history of radio is usually dated to 1920, which, you know, here in 2020, it means um, that radio is, you know, technically 100 years old. In reality, radio uh, started, radio technology existed at least 10 years, if not 20 years earlier. But radio is a tricky term, right? Like, what is radio? Is radio just a device that can pick up a signal and you can click it on and move a tuning knob and turn the volume up? Okay, sure, that's radio. But what if there's nothing on the airwaves to pick up, right? So radio is not just the device. It can't be just the device. It has to be the whole system of shows and advertisers that support the shows and disc jockeys that host the shows and ultimately musicians that make music that play on the radio and the audience, right? It has to be all of those things. And so you don't really reach a critical mass of all of those things until after World War One, radio technology gets pushed forward as the American military uses it to fight during World War One, um, And then you kind of hit this, this critical mass with it in 1920. Um, one thing that if you have taken a history of mass media class, uh, or if you're just interested in this yourself, one thing that you might not know about radio, sort of a hidden aspect of the history of radio, the original genre on radio uh, was the infomercial. And that is tied into something I just mentioned, um, the, the, uh, th that you need not just to sell radio sets and people that are wanting to buy radio sets, you have to have programming on the radio for people to want to listen. And so early department stores ran into this problem when the, the ability to you know, make a radio that could, you could sell uh, first became available. Uh, people bought them just for the novelty of it, even though there was hardly any programming on there. But that died out pretty quickly. And department stores realized that if they wanted to sell more radios, they needed to put some content on the radio. So this is before like Walmart, you know, is like a big, huge chain. Department stores in, in the 1910s and 1920s were not chains as much. They were like, you know, stores owned by individuals, but they were larger than like a mom and pop shop. 
And um, so they would do things like they would just get a radio antenna, hang it out the, the tallest window in their building, and they would just have somebody read from the catalog. Uh, and so that was one of the very first types of content on the radio. Uh, radio dramas are when you tell a story that's dramatized and it's just audio. So there might be music that goes along with it. There might be sound effects that go along with it. There might be like dramatic reading where you change your voice and, you know, use your stage voice as you're reading. Um, and actually music on the radio was not part of what radio was initially really envisioned for. And it took several years for the quality of radio to be able to broadcast music at, at a degree that it was really something that you could listen to. Um, that was one of the big changes from AM radio to FM radio, uh, the ability to have a little bit better quality so that you could actually broadcast music. Um, the first prototype of the television was actually released in the World's Fair in the late 1930s, uh, but again, it's not until the 1950s that there's programming that enough people have television sets in their homes that advertisers will pay money to advertise on the programs etc etc um, the early internet comes about in the 1980s and uh, that leads you know of course to the ability to have um, you know first digital text files very small uh, with no kind of artistic you know backgrounds or anything just like looks like computer code uh, but eventually websites and blogs and then really like the first non-text thing that could be transferred over the internet was music, right? Like that's like Napster in the late 90s. Um, and that's kind of one of the defining characteristics here too, what's called the ephemerality of music. That means like ephemeral means something that is less solid, right? To, um, you know, Napster got into trouble for like basically stealing, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of digital music files. I'm sure they would have loved to have done that with television shows and movies, but the file size is much larger than a song that's short and only audio, right? And so that ephemerality piece plays in with podcasting as well. Like one of the reasons that podcasting works as well as it does is because you're not having to stream like Netflix, like large you know, television show and movie files, you're, you're streaming relatively smaller audio files. And so that was part of why if this kind of gelled so early, you know, now Netflix works pretty well, even in like spotty internet. Um, but in the days of the early internet, you know, an audio file could be streamed, a video file couldn't be streamed. So fast forward to today, 2020, uh, as many as 155 million Americans listen to podcasts. That's almost half of Americans, about half of American households say that they listen to podcasts. So podcasting is huge. It's grown by leaps and bounds, and it's an exciting time to be learning about it. Uh, so here, speaking of, you know, kind of like recent podcast statistics, um, here are the most listened to podcast genres for uh, basically like uh, late summer, early fall of 2019. This is the most recent time that data is currently available. You can see comedy is the biggest genre. News is really big. Uh, society and culture, sports, true crime, uh, which we'll talk some about this week. Um, and then it kind of goes on down, right? History is well, one of my favorites uh, down there, holding it, holding it down with a respectable 5%. 
Um, and you can see like the percentage of weekly podcasts that consumers listen to. And just the fact that even research like this exists points to the fact that podcasts are growing. Podcasts are important. Podcasts are generating revenue. Uh, they're generating ad dollars. And so people want to study them. Um, <clears throat> when I'm talking about genres, we're mainly talking about like those different types of uh, categories, right? Um, when we're talking about structure, we're talking about how the episode is put together. So one of the most popular uh, structures for podcasting are interviews. And it's also one of the simplest uh, from a production standpoint, right? So for your early assignment for the short podcast, I'm going to just ask you to interview each other. I'm going to get you paired up. Um, and do a short interview and then we'll go back the next week and we'll add a little bit of extras to that uh, and you'll see you know why that's it really attractive to make your podcast uh, just be an interview podcast because if you develop your skills as an interviewer and you find interesting people to interview you can make a show that's worth listening to without a whole lot of extra production right um, so we're going to practice with one-on-one -on -one interviews. That's probably the most common, uh, group interviews. Sometimes a show will be hosted by most multiple hosts. Um, and so you might have, you know, two people, uh, interviewing, uh, one guest. Uh, sometimes you might have like a panel interview. Uh, usually there'll be like one person that's appointed as the host, but you might have as many as four or five people on the panel. Um, and then you might have a show that is structured around multiple interviews. So like short segments of one-on-one -on -one interviews that are all like put together around usually a similar topic. Um, <clears throat> then you're gonna have like narrative structure. So that could go from everything from like a fiction podcast, it's like a story for kids, to like nonfiction, uh, journalism, storytelling, right? Or even a history podcast. And there's a lot of overlap here. One of the podcasters that I listen to the most is a guy named Mike Duncan, who started with history podcasting way back uh, at the very beginning, I think 2010. So he was very early into the genre and he just reads. He does an interview. He does a lot of historical research on his own. He writes it up in a way that's like less academic and more narrative, but he just reads from a script. That's his whole podcast. Um, the, uh, you know, some of the best podcasts, including uh, Serial that we'll listen to, uh, the, the pilot of this week, um, they do a mix of all of these things. They interview multiple people throughout an episode. They cut back and forth in time. They have what's called nat sound or natural sound, like where they're in a courtroom and you just hear the sounds of the courtroom. And they have these studio elements where the host is in the studio and it sounds like fully professionally recorded, but then there's these in the field elements where you can tell that the host is like on a busy street or, you know, in a crowded restaurant. Um, but all of these things kind of fit into the structure and you need to be thinking about these things and noticing these things as you listen to podcasts so that you can help develop what's the right sort of show to pilot um, for you as you work on your show for this semester. Business models, uh, probably the most popular is just a completely free, right? A podcast that somebody just does because they want to do it and they felt like they had something to say 
And, you know, podcasting, as we're going to see, is not like completely easy to do. Not like anybody can do it, but, you know, it's easier than making a short film or it's certainly easier than like uh, making a television show. Um, and so a lot of podcasts will just be, you know, completely free like that. Uh, business models could also include ad supported, right? So you'll be listening to podcasts and you'll hear ads that roll uh, before the show at the very beginning ads that roll at some point during the middle and sometimes multiple times during the middle of a show uh, that kind of harkens back to like commercial breaks in television shows right like where you actually script a show where there's like a cliffhanger so you know that gives the person incentive to listen through the ad and then you might have ads at the end of a show and you can charge different rates depending on where the ad rolls in the show right because if you roll an ad at the end of a show somebody might just quit listening um, and then you can also have dynamic ads now. Uh, certain hosters are going to give you the ability to, like, you know, say an advertiser is running something. Uh, maybe you do a political show, and they want to do a, an ad for a specific, um, uh, you know, politician that's running in a race. Well, that ad's only going to be relevant until that election comes up. And so then you need like a, a the ability to have dynamic ads to where that ad can be replaced. And it's not actually a part of the, the exported MP3 file of the show, but it's dropped in. And so certain hosters will give you the ability to do that. Another business model is a subscription model. And that is where uh, people subscribe directly to the show, basically a way to get it without any ads. Uh, sometimes that's done through an app, like, you know, you can listen to a podcast for free on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google. But like if uh, a certain company makes like a whole bunch of podcasts, they might be like, well, download our app, pay five bucks a month and you can listen to all of our podcasts for, you know, with no ads for five bucks a month. Another subscription type model is like Patreon and there's tons of other services, but that's where uh, your audience is more connected to you as the host, you know, you as the content creator. And so a lot of times your Patreon will have like, content extras behind the scenes video versions extended cuts things like that and then you can have um, podcasts that are just completely sponsored right like maybe you just briefly mention the business that sponsors your show at the very beginning uh, or maybe your show is sort of like subtly pr for a company or for a business or for a brand and we'll look more at that uh, later in, in the semester when we look at podcast as pr all right, last thing for today, uh, we're gonna look at um, some copyright and legal issues. Um, the main thing you need to know about copyright is that all published material is subject to copyright. So as soon as your podcast goes online, if it's, um, unless it's like completely private somehow, which is what's the point of having a podcast, um, you have published something in fixed form. And that means on the one hand, you actually qualify for your podcast to be registered for copyright immediately as soon as it's published online. Now, if somebody sues you, you're going to need to like formally register it. But um, as soon as something's published, it is technically under copyright. But at the same time, like you are not allowed to use somebody else's copyrighted material and you know portray it as your own. So in this class. All your coursework must be original, even including the music that you use. And we will be looking at how easy it is to create your own music and soundtrack. 
uh, if you have you know a roommate or something that makes beats and they make their stuff uh, from scratch or using legal means and you really want to use it okay you can do that but there is going to be a rigorous process where you prove to me that the entire chain not just my boy said I can use this no, you have to document the entire chain, that every single piece that they're using, that they are using it and under copyright legal means too. So keep that in mind when you are you know, figuring out how you want to um, score your shows with music. Um, the other big issue is obtaining consent. You must have explicit written permission to publish something that is distinguishable of somebody's voice or likeness. What does distinguishable mean in this sense? Okay, if you just go into a crowd and it's just people talking and there's no way that anybody could ever tell like who that was that was talking, it's just like background noise, no, you don't have to have permission for that. But if you interview somebody on the show and even if, say you were out at like, um, you know, a county fair or something like that and you're getting natural sound and somebody really clearly calls out like hot dogs, hot dogs for sale. Okay. If you're going to use that as like a key piece of the sound design of your podcast, you ought to get permission from that person to use their recorded voice. Okay. So that's a good example. Like you don't have to get the people just standing randomly in line and that you can't even really clearly make out what they're saying. But if you can really clearly make something out, if it's distinguishable, you should get their explicit written permission. And the basic rule of thumb is do what's right, not what's easy. All right. Um, especially because of coronavirus this semester, I am going to allow you to use um, digital consent forms. Uh, you don't have to have somebody necessarily sign in person. Um, I've been doing mine just with Google Forms where you can just send a link. It's really easy. Uh, and so when, when that comes up, um, I will uh, give you a little tutorial on that as well. All right. Uh, so that is our podcasting overview. And we're going to be going a lot deeper into a lot of these topics later in the semester.